Thank you for calling Gay Wire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. I'm Bethany Godreau, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Shayna Giles, and my pronouns are they, them. And you've reached Gaywire, where everything's at least a little bit queer. From CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Today on Gaywire, we're going to be speaking with a local music artist and listening to some fun stories about being queer and unaware in a segment we're calling I Shoulda Known. Our team has been working hard to get these fun stories out to you this week. We hope you stick around with us, hang out, and have a good time. Thank you for tuning in in Edmonton, Alberta, or wherever you may be listening from. We really appreciate the support. First up on today's episode of Gaywire, we've got an artist spotlight on Iris Yakka Mission, also known as Please Be Nice, a trans rapper and producer from right here in Alberta. Iris has been playing music for 15 years, and her very first album dropped in October of 2020. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the experimental, transformative, and ultimately genreless music from Iris Yaka Mission. I've been on uh, like hormones, like estrogen and stuff for. Oh my gosh, since July. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but um, like there's something, I don't know. There's just something um, where I occasionally get these like mood swings and it almost feels like <laughs> the best way to describe it is like the emotional aspects of like being on your period, I imagine. Try to take it easy, you know, work on music whenever I can. Whenever I'm writing, I really just try to write whatever comes to mind. And it just, a lot of it just depends on the space I'm in, the headspace I'm in. My name is Please Be Nice. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and uh, my album, I Love You So Much, exclamation point. Uh, that came out October 6th of 2020. The point of that release date was that it would come out at uh, 10 o'clock on my uh, 20th birthday. So my actual 20th birthday is October 5th, but you know, time zones and stuff, so. I feel like especially since we're in the streaming age too, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, yada, 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 um, the way that um, everyone consume this music myself included is just kind of listening to like whatever very genreless you know so um and so as far as the music that i create it's really just a reflection of that like i really try to bring in aspects of just like whatever i'm listening to like just like different things i like when i first started rapping it probably would have been like just like tyler creator odd future because that's how that's who i found on him and that group right around that time. As far as recently though, definitely my biggest influences are like JPEG Mafia, uh, Backwash, who I've just been getting into lately, who's this like amazing, amazing um, musician. 
who else honestly it's like it totally it's it's totally changing like especially with i love you so much it's definitely a more like um it's an album that's like really based on like hyper pop so i was really influenced by like hundred gex charlie xcx i mean yeah my influences are really always changing because i really try to i really try to challenge myself with not only the music i create but um also with the music i listen to like i really try to uh listen to as much different music as John as um, possible so I can really pull from it. Honestly though, my like main influences and especially for the stuff I'm um, going to be putting out this year, it's definitely more um, hip hop based for sure. And um, that's actually how I got my start in music was actually just like writing raps. So at the core of myself, I do consider myself like um, a rapper and a producer. On desire, uni sound real nice. Yeah, it sounded alright. I was going for music, trying to get these chords right, trying to get a career, trying to get out there. Yeah, I had all the talent, just with somebody came. Just with somebody. So I was 12, so I was in grade six, and there was this kid in my grade six class who was like, he was popular, like in elementary school, which is just like crazy, like the fact that like. <laughs> That was the thing. So he was popular. And I remember um, this is like right around the time when they started introducing like iPads and stuff in school. And I remember he brought his own iPad and he had a rap on it because he wrote a rap and he was showing a bunch of people it. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. He's so cool. I wish I could do that. And then like a few months later, I was just like uh, I was on a road trip with my family and um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a stab at writing a rap. And then, yeah, the rest is history. really try to whenever I create a song I try to not hold myself back creatively try to not hold myself back with what I'm saying I just really try to put it all out there because um, I know how much it means to me when artists I love put it all out there and they put their everything into it unfiltered honesty that's the best way to put it like I think at the core of, of my music you know there's a lot of sad songs but there's a lot of really happy songs too like it's it's not like you're just getting one or the other but yeah I, I think with me you're just really getting um both sides. And I really try to put um, as much of myself into the music. And I really try to put uh, just like different sides of myself. Like I don't want to just have like 
have the songs where it's just like ego and then the whole album is ego like I want it to be like ego and then like um sadness just like yeah a wide variety of motions that's really what I try to put into my music for sure so feel happy yeah i don't feel free but no one could stop me not even kenny i feel strong dirty dev he's like one of the first people i've ever collaborated with um that's great he's super talented really great dude uh so yeah that was awesome and that came really naturally too like it was just like i had it ain't safe like 60% finished and then my friend was like yo you should send this uh to dirty dev it was my friend uh charles and then charles sent it to dirty dev actually and then he was like yo this is sick i'll do it and then yeah that was that was good fun what song is about it's about jason kenny when he was talking about um gsa's this was back when it was like right when he first got elected and he was talking about having it be where um if a child was in a gsa uh their parent or guardian could know about it and they would be like it, they'd like they'd automatically be notified which of course is just like a really bad idea like i, I just don't get how he would have thought of that and be like oh that's oh this is yeah good idea so that's what the song's about at the core of it and I remember when he first got elected, just having this like, oh shit. As far as like the inspiration on it, just to elaborate some more, I remember like I wrote, I made the beat for it and say probably like a year and a half prior and then um i remember um my pal was planning an open mic and then uh, they were like hey you should perform this open mic and i was like okay and i was like i don't have anything to perform so then like the day of the open mic like literally the morning of i was like oh my gosh i have to write something so then i wrote it ain't safe Being queer in Alberta, it's pretty much impossible to not be political. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. As far as the future of collaborating goes for me, 
I have a lot more collaborations in the work. That's something I've been really learning lately is to be less, be less protective of my art and just really not be afraid to have other people come in and, you know, share their expertise. So yeah, I have a lots, lots of collaborations coming out uh, this year. So yeah, it's gonna be great. As far as like my process for like when I'm working alone, a lot of it is just like, um, I definitely feel less pressure in a way because it's just me and it's like, I know what I like and when I'm collaborating I have to you know really take into account of course because you know you're collaborating you have to take into account like what is the other person like do they like being experimental do they not like being experimental so it's definitely a balancing act for sure and especially since I'm overall I feel so new to collaborating so I can't really say too much about it but um but yeah I have lots of collaborations coming out this year so I really hope uh people dig them yeah that'd be sick <laughs> No skeletons in my closet. Most of the pain I feel, my homie, yeah, I caused it. Artists turn to slaves because the industry have caution. It's non stop, and the people got no option. Not often you see them. There's songs like Mr. Rogers, where it's like I directly talk about um, growing up trans, not knowing how to label it. And then eventually meeting someone that helped me label it. I'm sorry if this part is wrong, but being honest, I've known that I was trans since a toddler. I had a kiss, it's like I was fine. And princess dresses on, made me happy inside. I never had a word to label it. Hated myself so long for it. But a couple weeks ago, you helped me label it. And even though you're my body. As far as how it uh, plays into my music and just um, my art in general, it definitely uh impacts it in a huge way and it impacts it in ways that i'm finding out every day like i'm constantly finding out new ways that it impacts me and my art for sure that's that was a song i really really wrote with a listener in mind like um, and as far as like the main inspiration for that song, it was really like, I remember I made the beat for it back in like beginning of 2019, I want to say, because I watched the Mr. Rogers uh, documentary and I was like, wow, that's so inspiring. So then actually the sample at the beginning of the song is from a Mr. Rogers episode. Um, Please don't sue me. I did not clear that sample because it would have been way too expensive to clear. Um, <laughs> but that being said, so I made that beat and then the song just sat and I had the hook there, but it sat for like a year and a half. And I even tried reaching out to different artists to see if they'd want to collaborate on it. And like, no one was really messing with it. And then um, about mid 2020, like kind of like right before I came out as trans, I was thinking and I was like, you know what? I think I could really do something with this song. And then, especially when I came out as trans, it's when I really wrote that uh, verse. So yeah, it was a song that was sitting for a while. And then um, out of nowhere, I just got really inspired. And then I just finished the whole thing. Oftentimes when I'm writing a song, it's a very insular 
experience is very much just like focused on what's going on with myself but that was a song that i really was like okay if i were to if i was listening to a song when i was sad what would i want the artist to say to me and that was what i was really thinking about especially with um the idea of like you know me saying that you're not a mistake like that's really something that i want to portray to the listeners that it's like it's me saying it directly to them before a song comes out i listen to it so many times and i also like to um like put different songs i'm working on on my phone and then i'll listen to it like on the bus or like driving to work or whatever like just to really really get a feel for it so that song it was something that whenever i would feel down i would always go to putting it on i'd always go to putting that one on and um why does love it end because those are both just such personal songs and um so yeah whenever i listen to them it just feels like i'm giving myself a hug which is just like amazing so it's next ep i'm mixing it myself but i'm having someone else master it so as far as the title the title right now is having fun running laps around the sun that is the title right now as far as the release date i honestly don't know um it's probably gonna be i'm hoping for uh june 2021 that's that's my goal um so hopefully june but that being said um i am actually going to have a song come out between then that's all i'm gonna say that is all i'm gonna say but it is gonna come out sooner than you think and that is all i will say find me on instagram and twitter um my at is please be nice yo all one word no periods or underscores any of that um and you can check me out on spotify apple music title google play under please be nice it'd be great if you check my stuff out uh you know i'm a new artist but um i got a lot of amazing stuff in store for the future and um yeah anyone who's currently a listener thank you for listening so much um, once we all got the vaccine, I'm going to give you a big hug, big hugs for all of us.
That was Iris Yakimishin, aka Please Be Nice, talking about her new music, old music, and upcoming projects. I really liked hearing from Iris about her music. My favorite song of hers is her collab song with Dirty Dev, It Ain't Safe, about Kenny's GSA legislation and how it was a huge step backwards for queer youth. So definitely check that out if you get a chance, and make sure to check Iris out on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram at Please Be Nice Yo. Big thanks to our reporter Terrence Adams for putting together that fun little interview with Iris. I know I'm ready for that new EP dropping in June. Make sure to mark your calendars, folks, because sometime in June, you will not only have the opportunity to directly support a local trans artist, but you're also going to get to listen to some sweet new music. Next up, we have I Shoulda Known, put together by myself with the help of some very generous pals. After bothering several friends for stories, here's a small collection of moments from youth where folks might have been able to guess that they were a little bit queer. Welcome to I Shoulda Known, where folks from the LGBTQ community share red flag moments from their lives where they really should have known they were queer. This week, we have stories from Mia, Parker, and Nat. I can speak whenever. I'm nervous now. Why? Because you're there. Okay, I'll leave. Uh, hey, my name's Nat. Uh, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a lesbian. I would like to preface this by saying my girlfriend's making me record this inside the closet, which I find quite ironic. Um, so my I should have known stories. I mean, there's a there's a few. There's the only wearing board shorts when I was a kid, always playing the husband when I played house with my friends, making my girl Barbies kiss, helping my dad with all the handyman stuff. I had about a million and a half girl crushes to the point where my sister thought it was weird that she had none. When I was in eighth grade, we watched John Tucker Must Die. And if you've seen that movie, you know that there's a scene that happens in the Jeep where Brittany Snow and Sophia Bush practice a kiss. And uh, I didn't know for the longest time why that was my favorite scene. I kept watching that scene and I was like, why, why is them kissing so intriguing to me? It's because you're gay, baby Nat, it's because you're gay. I was in 10th grade and my mom had just gotten off the phone with my friend's mom. And she turns to me and she goes, oh, you know, Mary just said that Leah's so obsessed with boys. She just loves boys so much. And I looked at her and I was like, why? I thought I was weird. I was like, I don't care about boys that much. I really don't. They're fine, I guess. But I think that was the start of the end there. Because the next year I had a boyfriend for about three months. Realized I didn't like that. And then I was out before the end of high school. All those combined, I really should have known. Hello everyone, my name is Parker, I use he, they pronouns, and I am a bisexual trans man. I think I self-identify as 95% man and 5% Hank Green, like, Uh, To give a little context, I am from the deep south in America, my parents are conservative, my father's a pastor, it's it's pretty much as rough as it gets. In fifth grade, my class put on The Twelfth Night by Shakespeare, Um, if you're unfamiliar, The Twelfth Night, the main characters are twin brother and sister, 
they get separated in an accident at sea. So the sister gets back to land and is like, you know what? I'm going to be my brother just so we can keep up what we're doing with the business and stuff. So yeah, I, I rocked that role. And it changed me forever after that. I presented as male for the first time. When I was a little, probably like, I don't know, eight, nine, um, I played with a neighbor and she was also my age and she was like, oh my god, let's play house. And I said, cool, let's do that. And she, she was like, all right, I'll be the mom. Let's, let's get this baby out of here. And I was like, absolutely. I'll be your loving husband. Let's do this. And why did I not see that? I mean, come on. My grandmother found us and I really... Um, hilarious, really, now looking back, but at the time, traumatic. Um, <laughs> in terms of me liking men as, like, a not-girl was kind of weird. Um, I absolutely did find men attractive, and I had crushes, big ones, big fat ones, thick ones, if you will. Um, but I always felt, like, weird about it, because I was like, what if, like, this doesn't feel right, and I don't know why, like, I'm not being perceived the way I want to. Turns out... <laughs> <laughs> the attraction is is right the perception of me is not and now I know why um, so that was really funny because half the guys I ended up telling I liked them said you're one of the bros and I was like cool honestly I prefer it that way and now I know why but when I finally came out and realized oh my god I'm a trans guy like it made more sense My name is Mia, I'm 27 years old, my pronouns are she, they, and I am a lesbian. Um, we were at my friend's 12th birthday party, there was probably like, mm, 12, no, 14 other kids there, and you know, it was a mix, it was co-ed, it was a mix of girls and guys, and halfway through the party, when the party's gonna end, my friend was like, oh, I heard about this game, uh, let's, it's called Spin the Bottle, and everyone's like, oh, what's spin the bottle? And she's like, oh, well, you, when you spin it, the bottle spins and whoever it lands on, you know, like you're, you gotta give them a kiss, whatever, it's fine. And all of us are like being 12, we're like, oh my gosh, we can get our first kisses now. Like, oh my gosh. So we're playing spin the bottle. And I realized that I did not want it to land on a guy. And I wasn't sure if it's because I didn't like any of the guys there, like as a person or just because they're men. But at the time I was like, please let it land on a girl. Please let it land on a girl. And after that, I kind of realized, yep, might be gay. Also, this is a really short story, but I remember for Christmas when I was 16, I was like, man, when I move out and get a house of my own, the first thing I'm gonna buy is a grill. <laughs> and my mom's like, a grill? And I was like, hell yeah, I need a grill. That was our segment, I Shoulda Known, put together by Bethany Goudreau and featuring stories from Mia, Parker, and Nat. 
I really enjoyed putting that one together. It's always nice to listen to folks in the queer community reflect on moments from their lives where they might have been able to guess those kinds of things or moments that could have predicted the future a little bit. And I look forward to hearing some more as well. That's all for today's episode of Gaywire. Credit for this week's episode goes to our reporter, Terrence Adams, our segment producer and episode producer, Bethany Godrow, our guests, Iris Yakamishin, Mia, Parker, and Nat, and our hosts for this week's episode, Shayna Giles and Bethany Godrow. Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us online at gaywire.transistor.fm, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Gaywire, and on Instagram, at GaywireCJSR. Let us know what you think of this week's episode by dropping us a DM or sending us an email at gaywire at cjsr.com. Our episode artwork is by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Katherine Hiltz.